Patrice Bergeron and the Boston Bruins have had some tough losses over the years. Speaking to reporters on Monday, he said the scar from losing to the Florida Panthers in the first round is new and it's going to be there for a while. These Boston Bruins are a lot like us. They're feeling shock. They're numb after their stunning first round loss. And on today's podcast, we're going to go through what they were saying yesterday and what's next for this group. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be. Today is Wednesday, May 3rd. I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Bruins part of your day every single day, free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I don't know about you, but I could not bring myself to watch any of the opening games of the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs last night. Again, the scar is fresh, it's raw, it's deep, and I just can't bring myself to watch hockey yet. The Bruins met with the media on Tuesday, 28 pages of transcripts to go through from what these guys were saying, and I'm going to pull out some of the highlights here today on the podcast. First, a quick reminder, you can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Bruins, and you can find me, my dad jokes, and hockey tweets at Ian C. McLaren. This episode, by the way, is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first ticket purchase. Let's start with some good news. The NHL announced yesterday that Boston Bruins captain Patrice Bergeron has been named a finalist for the 2023 Selkie Trophy, which is given annually to the forward who best excels in the defensive aspects of his game. Uh, This award is voted on by the professional Hockey Writers Association. He's joined as a finalist by Nico Heischer of the New Jersey Devils and Mitch Marner of the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's the 12th consecutive season in which Bergeron has been named a finalist. He's won the award five times, including in 2022. And with the win, he'll extend his NHL record and become the first ever six-time Selkie Trophy winner. Let's just call it the Bergeron Trophy, shall we? It's an incredible achievement for the 37-year-old. He was just one of two players in the NHL to take 1,700 or more face-offs, and he won 1,043 of them, leading the league with a 61.1% face-off win percentage with a minimum of 1,000. He also helped lead the way for the Bruins defense that allowed just 2.1 goals per game this season, the lowest in the league. He also helped lead the Bruins penalty kill 
which led the NHL with an 87.3% success rate. And that's on top of his contributions offensively. He had another solid offensive season for the Boston Bruins with 27 goals, 31 assists for 58 points in 78 games. Now, having said all that, there's obviously some uncertainty about Patrice Bergeron's status moving forward. He's an unrestricted free agent. He's 37 years old. He's expecting another child. And there's some very real questions about whether or not this is it for him. Is he going to retire? Yesterday, he said it's too early for him to make a sound decision. Again, everybody is still reeling from this loss. It's too fresh. It's too raw. He wants to make the right call for his family, and he doesn't know how long it's going to take. Last year, he made the decision prior to free agency, so that general manager, Don Sweeney, had some idea of how to approach things. And... We all know Patrice Bergeron remains maybe not peak Bergeron, but at the top of his game. He's still one of the top three best two-way forwards in the NHL. He still has some left in the tank. Now, injuries caught up with him late in the season. Um, He admitted yesterday that he was injured in the game against Montreal, but Contrary to reports that he was only playing because he might retire, because his father's dealing with health issues, he said everybody was going to be part of the final two games of the regular season in order to be ready for the playoffs. Uh, the Montreal game, he went into it healthy. It was a coincidence that was it was in Montreal, and it's an unfortunate moment and timing for an injury to happen, a herniated disc in his back that won't require surgery, he said. Looking back, if he had a crystal ball, obviously he wouldn't have played in that game, but nobody knew what was going to happen. There was a risk for everybody. There's a risk of getting injured anytime you get on the ice. Do you say stay out of game one because you might get injured and not be able to play in game two? No. Um, obviously hindsight is 2020. It would have been optimal to have, uh, Patrice Bergeron in the lineup at full capacity for each and every playoff game. But remember they went three and one without him. Oh, and three with him in the lineup, not an indictment on his play by any stretch of the imagination, but you just never know when it comes to playoff hockey. At the end of the day, he's a Selkie Trophy finalist, remains one of the best two-way players in the NHL, and of course, we all hope that he will indeed be back for at least one more season. Keep in mind, next year is the Bruins' centennial, so there's a you know incentive there to come back. They're going to have some key initiatives, some big celebrations in 2023-2024, and perhaps he and David Krejci want to be part of that special season for the Boston Bruins. But he's going to take some time, talk it over with his family, 
and make the best decision for himself, for his family. And that's totally fair. Respect any decision that he's going to make. And the same thing for David Krejci, who we will talk about after the break, as well as Linus Allmark, some free agents, some great comments from Brad Marchand. But first, a quick word from today's sponsor, which is the GameTime app. Now, GameTime is the best place for tickets to your favorite sports events, music, concerts, comedy shows, and theater events near you. Buying tickets should not be stressful. They have killer deals on last-minute tickets with the best price guarantee so you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you will have. I've been browsing through the Game Time app, looking at City and Color, Ben Harper tickets, looking to go to baseball games this summer. It's so great because you can get images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, and they're sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress by downloading the GameTime app, creating an account, and using code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Terms do apply. Download game time today, last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Thank you so much once again for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your day every single day. Every dayers, tomorrow on the podcast, you can expect full coverage of the fallout from Boston's shocking first round loss to the Florida Panthers. Expect to hear from Don Sweeney and Cam Neely at some point, and we will bring you all the latest on their comments and what the plan is moving forward. That plan could still include David Krejci. He said he does not yet know whether or not he's going to come back. Um, if he comes back, it will be with the NHL. He did what he did last year, going back to Czechia. He had no regrets, but he's closed that door, and his decision will be between retirement and playing for the Boston Bruins. I think he kind of said it best. You know, there's lots of mixed emotions. The Bruins had such a great team. This loss is going to hurt. They've lost tough ones in years past. Krejci was part of the... 2013 squad that lost in the Stanley Cup final to the Chicago Blackhawks. If they had won that year, no question, he would have been the Conn Smythe Trophy winner. He had such a great run. He said he would put this one right next to 2019, where they lost in Game 7 to the uh, St. Louis Blues in the Stanley Cup final. And this one probably hurts more because... There's so much hockey still yet to be played. There's so much that was left on the table for the Boston Bruins. I said off the top, I can't bring myself to watch the second round. The Bruins should be playing. It's just too painful to see the Florida Panthers out there against the Toronto Maple Leafs when you know it should have been the black and gold in Toronto and not the Florida Panthers. Uh, He said it hurts even more because it could have been his last game. There's just so many emotions going on. He said he doesn't even like to talk about it. They've talked about it a lot with the guys over the past couple days. It gets emotional, and he's 
just not ready right now. He said it's only 4 p.m. on Tuesday, not even 48 hours after the loss. It's still so raw for these guys and, yeah, still for us as fans. Now, yesterday on the podcast, I talked about how there was a report that Linus Allmark was dealing with a debilitating, painful injury that limited him in the series. And he would not say whether or not he was injured. He would not say where he was hurt and or injured. He said, with respect for everybody around, he has decided not to clarify that whole thing, whether or not he's protecting head coach Jim Montgomery for the decision to keep playing him or coach Bob Essensa, who had a lot of input in the decision. I don't know, but here's what he did say. I thought his quote was, was very interesting. He said, quote, you know what? Here's the deal. We all go through things in life and we all go through things when it comes to playoff times. We all battle our own things, whether it's mentally or physically, we all have our stuff. We all want to be out there and help the team out to the best of our capabilities. Yeah, it's pretty evident I didn't play the way that I wanted to. It wasn't as good as I wanted to be, unfortunately, at the worst time possible. That's something I have to live with, and I'm so grateful for all the guys in the room, in the medical room, and in the organization. Especially the guys in the medical room doing everything they can for us. They've been true warriors throughout the season. Fully respect everything that they have, and you know the trust that we have for them is immense. They helped me throughout this whole season to keep me in shape, end quote. That to me says there was a lot of communication with the medical staff throughout the series. There were also some mental things going on there. Obviously, he was out there, especially in game six, really fighting it, really battling hard, looking kind of like a fish out of water at times. And again, add it all up, and it really seems as though the decision to go to Jeremy Swayman should have been made a bit earlier. He did say they are going to run it back hard next year. That's all he can think about right now. The motivation, the inspiration that you get from these losses is huge. All he can think about right now is getting back in the gym getting back on the ice, running it back, and showing everybody that it was a fluke and that they are better than this. Now, unfortunately, they're not going to be able to run it back completely because there's salary cap considerations, there's a ton of free agents, and it's going to be darn near impossible to put out a team that is as deep as they had here in this series against the Florida Panthers. There's some unrestricted free agents, some restricted free agents, cap overages, and it's just not going to be possible. And and coming up after this break, we're going to discuss some of these free agents, uh, focusing on Nick Foligno, and then end with Brad Marchand's Uh, most poignant comments, I think. A quick thank you once again for making Locked On Boston Bruins 
your first listen every day, part of your everyday lives. Everydayers can expect continued coverage on the Boston Bruins, all the fallout, all the decisions that are upcoming. Like I talked about yesterday, there are numerous free agents Bruins will have to make some decisions on in this offseason. You have Bergeron and Krejci, of course, who will make their own decisions as to whether or not they want to play. If they do, most certainly the door will be open for them. You have Garnet Hathaway, Tyler Bertuzzi, and Dmitry Orlov, who are all unrestricted free agents. All three of them said they enjoyed their time in Boston so much. They were welcomed in the room. It was a great experience for them. And they'd certainly be open to coming back. A guy like Bertuzzi, you look at how he played in the postseason. You have to think teams are going to be sniffing around and offering him perhaps even more than what he was making on his current deal, which was $4.75 million. There's some injury concerns. He only played, what, uh, 50 games this season, but he was a beast for the Bruins in the playoffs. Five goals, five assists in seven games. There's going to be a huge market for Dmitry Orlov. He played so well for the Bruins, too, in the postseason. Garnet Hathaway, maybe they are able to make that happen, but they already do have a bunch of guys who could fill those bottom six roles, especially if there's going to be some promotions from Providence. Uh, Thomas Noshik is an unrestricted free agent, over 30. Other options could be more attractive, cheaper as fourth line center for the Boston Bruins. And then there's Connor Clifton. Again, I'm sure there's mutual interest there, but he was only paid $1 million this season, could likely command more on the open market. And uh, again, the Bruins have a bunch of guys who could step up and play coming up from Providence. And they're going to have to go kind of on the cheap because they will have that bonus overage to deal with for Bergeron and Krejci from this season, $4.5 million against the cap ceiling for them uh, right there. So they're going to be, you know, behind the eight ball when it comes to being able to spend to the cap once again and to fill these holes. Nick Foligno is another one of those guys who's an unrestricted free agent. Uh, He very much would like to stay. He's become a pretty important part of this team. And he had a bounce back season as well after an injury plagued debut for the Boston Bruins. He said it was emotional for him not knowing what's going to happen because of his unrestricted free agent status. He loves it here. He's bonded with the Bruins. They've gone through a lot. Two seven-game opening round losses. He felt like he's given what he can to the group, and he hopes to come back and finish what they've started. He said he can't control what... Cam Neely, Don Sweeney, and the staff decide, but he thinks the feeling's mutual. Just got to try to figure out something, and it will be, it will have to be less than the three plus million cap hit that he carried over the past couple years. He would prefer to come back, 
especially with the way things ended and what he foresees for this group. There's still a lot of great players. Charlie McAvoy, David Posternock, the goaltending, Linus uh, Allmark, Jeremy Swayman, Hampus Lindholm, Brad Marchand. It's hard to see where things went wrong, but he wants to be part of what can go right in the future. Now, he's not contemplating retirement, it seems. He's open to playing elsewhere around the NHL. Um, Could be a good veteran fit for a younger team, maybe the Buffalo Sabres, where his dad played. Uh, Who knows? But Nick Foligno still wants to play, and it's unfortunate. It would have just been such a happy ending for Bergeron, Krejci, Nick Foligno, all these guys who put so much into this team this year. We all remember Felino's speech at the Winter Classic. And yeah, the just how important he was in the bottom six, acting as kind of a, a captain among those depth players. I'd like to see him back personally. I like him as a person. But of course, cap, cap, cap. Can they fit him in? And is he willing to take perhaps less than what he might get elsewhere? Because he did have a pretty solid season. Now, again, there were 28 pages of transcripts to go through. I can't right now summarize what each and every player said, but it was all a version of we're disappointed, we're shocked, we're feeling numb, difficult to process. Brad Marchand, though, really did go into it. He's already said that he's going to struggle with that moment late in game five where he had the game, the series on his stick, a breakaway opportunity on Sergei Bobrovsky that was stopped, and we all know what happened next. He admitted they dropped the ball with a minute left in game seven. Well, obviously, they had the lead in game seven. Couldn't close it out, but it should have been done in game five. They had opportunities in game six, multiple leads, Them tying it up in game seven with a minute left. Yeah, that sucks, he said, but it's the ones before that he looks at, and those are the ones that sting more. Marshawn did give a lot of credit to the Florida Panthers here, and I think that's important because it's not just a matter of the Bruins choking, not a matter of them not being able to rise to the occasion. The Panthers played well in this series, and they weren't your typical eight-seed team. They didn't play to their potential all throughout the season. They had a bunch of injuries that affected the way they played. And they have a goalie that showed up when he got in and made some big saves at the right times and made the ones that he needed to, which he wasn't really making earlier in the year. Don't forget, Sergei Bobrovsky is a $10 million goalie for a reason. He has a pretty good track record of being an above average goalie at the very least. That's how it goes in the playoffs. You run into a hot goalie or you run into the wrong matchup, and that's why the Cup is so hard to win. It's not just the best teams that win, but every year those teams that you don't match up as well against as other teams come and take you out. Columbus in 2019 with the Tampa Bay Lightning, um, the Lightning for the Bruins in years past, Carolina last year. Uh, It's not just a matter of Boston not rising to the occasion, which they didn't. They had multiple opportunities to close it out. But looking back, maybe the Islanders would have been more preferable. It would have been 
best if Pittsburgh had clinched the spot over Florida, but that's the way it goes. If you look at their record against Florida this year, it's not like they dominated them 2-1-1. One one. They're a very competitive team. They were President's Trophy winners last season. Add Matthew Kachuk, still a hell of a group, Marshawn said. There's so much competition in the league right now. Because of the season they had, they knew that they were still going to be in for a really tough run coming out of the East. And with all that being said, they still expected to go much further than they did. Yes, the East is a gauntlet. Florida won game one against Toronto last night. But when you have a 43-point advantage over your competition in the first round, you need to get it done. That's just the end of it. Sure, full credit to Florida. They won the President's Trophy last year. They won this season. And if you look recently, there is a, a trend of President's Trophy winners tanking and then coming back and winning the next year. Tampa Bay, Colorado, now Florida making a run. So maybe that bodes well for the Bruins next season. But at the end of the day, this was an opportunity lost, an opportunity blown. And it's something that is going to sit with these players for a long time. Let's be honest, still feeling 2019, still feeling 2013 to some degree. But these last two hit different because you know it is coming to an end. With 2019, you know, there was still glimmers because you knew Bergeron at least would still be around, even if Krejci, Krug, Rask were soon to go. But there could be a real air of finality here. It was encouraging to hear Bergeron and Krejci not just come out and say, yep, this is it, we're done. They could potentially run it back, but there will be different pieces around them. And um, there's real questions as to whether or not the Bruins can sign any of their free agents. they got to take care of Frederick and Swayman first, you'd think, and then go from there. Big contracts on the books for McAvoy, Pasternak's new deal will kick in. So it's going to be even harder to put together as competitive of, of a team as they had this year. And that's why it really hurts so much. It's one thing to lose. There was no guarantee that they would win the cup, but to lose in the first round and to still have to go through and know that there's three rounds ahead, eight teams, then four teams, then two teams, that you should have been one of them. Uh, it's incredibly difficult. And we'll continue to talk about it here on Locked on Boston Bruins. I thank each and every one of you for sticking with the podcast like i said on twitter yesterday i know it's it's difficult i know it's tempting to unplug to want to distance yourself from hockey but i'll still be here every day working through it discussing all that's to come and i appreciate everybody's kind words everybody's reached out since sunday and we can get through this together we have before we will again and uh that's just part of being a sports fan, taking on these scars, dealing with them, letting them heal, 
and then go through it, going through it again each and every season. I hope you're all doing well, having a great week despite the circumstances, and um, be here again tomorrow talking about the Boston Bruins and uh, working through this unfortunate situation. Thanks, friends. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you again here tomorrow on Locked On Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day.